The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. And we are so glad uh, you're with us again this morning as we begin another week. Uh, now I will reference uh, last week um, from Thanksgiving, but of course, uh, you can probably guessed, today is recorded ahead of time as we've been on vacation a couple of days. And uh, so we recorded this, I recorded this last week, but I do hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed the services yesterday, as I'm sure they were an encouragement. And uh, I, you know, I knew this Thanksgiving would be a little different. So I trust that, we even talked about Wednesday, I, talk, I trust that it was an encouragement. I trust that it was something that was a great reminder of God and his goodness uh, in, in uncertain times as we see ourselves in. And so I really hope you enjoyed the time and uh, we're glad to be back together as now, I've, inevitably, we move our mind towards Christmas, right? We're, we're kind of getting excited about Christmas music and now all of the Christmas decorations and all of our favorite stores make a little more sense now, a lot more sense than they did back in September. Um, so it, it makes it a little easier and we get a little bit excited. We're kind of even ready for some snow. Uh, now that's depending on who you are, uh, but you're kind of ready for snow. And you know, to me, if we could get snow for the next couple of weeks, building up to Christmas and then be done January and February, I'd be good with that. But all these things change over and they change our heart and we're looking forward to it. And I hope that in spite of the uncertain circumstances that we're in, I hope we can still grab a hold of the great parts of these, this holiday season and uh, just continue to enjoy God, enjoy and worship Him and, and all those things during this time. Today we're going to pick back up in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 23, I've entitled this lesson this morning, Wisdom Versus Fun. And you will understand in a second why we said that. Wisdom versus fun. Proverbs chapter 23. Uh, let's go. I'm gonna, what I want to do before I read the passage is give you a little bit of breakdown. Over the uh, last several episodes, what we've been talking about from Proverbs 23 is Solomon, to an extent, is giving warning to his son. Remember, it's inspired, but he's writing it to his son. So he's writing to his son, giving him warnings about different aspects about life. And he talked about not being consumed with the financial wealth. The wealth is good, but don't be consumed with wealth. We just talked last time about not to be consumed with um, sinful people and the ways of sinful people and to be convinced that their way is better than the way of God. And, and so he, he's given several warnings. He's talked about making sure that we correct people correctly and we go the right way. And there's other things that we haven't covered yet. But then he comes down to verse 19. And he's now kind of concluding and he's saying, my son, now that I've warned you on these things, let me tell you a couple of things. Proverbs 23, verse 19. Hear thou my son and be wise and guide thine heart in the way. Be not among winebibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty and the drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Hearken unto thy father that begat thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth and sell it not, also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begatteth the wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. Verse 26, my son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe 
my ways. Let's go, I'm going to look, break this down just to, for a couple of these verses as we evaluate, as what I've said, the difference between wisdom and fun. Let me explain my point. Um, in this section, Solomon's telling his son the importance of wisdom that is more valuable than anything else you can gain in this earth. And, and this is from Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, who also had great wealth, um, women, he had houses, he had everything you could want in this world. And he comes back and he tells his son, who obviously watched him as he was growing up, said, listen, of all the things that I can tell you this world can offer, there's nothing more valuable than wisdom. And it's, it's a great truth. It's a biblical truth. It's inspired. God told us to consider that same thing. So he says, hear thou my son and be wise. Guide thine, guide thine heart in the way. Be careful who you're following. Make sure you're going the right way. Guide your heart. Don't let your heart guide you, as the world likes to say. So here's some things he tells us to do in verse 20. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of the flesh. 21, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall close a man with rags. Can, can I just be honest? I've mentioned off and on people, you know, randomly people asking my opinion on alcohol and things of that nature. And, and I believe personally, my point of view, we can study enough scripture to where we can find where God gives enough warning. And there's several we, we will cover at some point, but several in the last two chapters that talk about wine is a, a mocker. Strong drink is raging. Whosoever fooled thereby is not wise. And, and we look at these things and some's going to say, well, there's nowhere in scripture says thou shalt not. And yeah, and there's some places where they say, what, um, drink but not to be drunk, being drunk with wine, with excess. There's a lot of things you can look at. Can I, can I tell you, here's my perspective, what I've seen. I have had the non-delight, I don't know what the best word for that is, to have to counsel the other side of alcohol, to deal with the families destroyed by alcohol. So when I read Proverbs and I read the scriptures and it talks about the lack of wisdom that comes with being involved and alcohol. When, when, I, when I look at what he's saying here, listen, you get among these people, these people who are, are drinking and partying, their lives are going to fall apart. He says, um, don't be among these people. Why? Uh, the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Ultimately, this lifestyle will drive you not only away from God, but it will drive you into poverty. Well, you know, most alcohol, you know, alcoholics and addicts, they struggle, they can't get over this, and, and they do you know, extreme things to get alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, and their party life's this, and ultimately it brings pain. And he's saying, listen, don't be among that style. Can, can I encourage you? And not, I don't want to sit here and say a Christian's better than that. Can I encourage you that if God tells us in Scripture, because we can debate all day long about God says don't, God says do. Can I just tell you something from my perspective? If God tells us over and over and over that it's not wise to do something and it's dangerous to do something, and here is the end of people who do this, why would we want to get close to it? Pastor, I can control myself. Maybe. But why try? Why, why engage in something we don't know? And why engage in something that in and of itself is just so damaging and so destructive? And he tells his son, stay away, because ultimately those taken to this, their lives are going to fall apart. So he encourages us to stay away. Can I tell you, not only just the alcohol, but those in, in that lifestyle, we have to be careful because the Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You cannot, let me, let me, refer, let me say that again, you cannot associate with somebody to where that person's personality and thinking will not influence you at some point. Frankly, 
you really can't spend a lot of time together unless you agree. So either you're going to agree when you first meet with them and, and you got together and you found somebody you agree with and man, this is great, we, get, we have a lot in common, that, or you find somebody that at first you're not sure, but they convince you to agree with them or you convince them to agree with you. Either way, either you both already agree or at some point one of you is going to change your mindset to follow the other. You cannot be around somebody not be influenced by their thinking, by their by their words, by their, by their personal frustrations, by their joys, all these things. And so get around people who encourage you in Jesus. Get around people who lift you up in service for Jesus and, and encourage. And listen, no one's perfect. But let me tell you, get around people who want to point you to Jesus. And let that be what drives you, not the people who, when they leave, they've left you in shambles. Or when they're there, they, they, they bring in more frustration. Bring around people who drive you to good. See, this is the, what people call fun. I'm going to go party and I'm going to go get drunk and I'm going to go do this. And TV makes it look great, doesn't it? But TV rarely talks about the destroyed families because of it. I get to see that side. Many of you have been able to see that side. That's what they call fun. So he's saying, listen, I, I desire you to go after wisdom over fun over this, because that fun is so empty and damaging. So he continues in verse 22, hearken unto your father that begat thee, your biological father, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Here, here's an important thing. A lot of times he goes, don't ignore, you're growing older, don't ignore the great wisdom that comes from the heritage of your parents. Whether you are 18 leaving the home, 12 in the home, or, or 48 out of the home. Don't lose the fact that the, the, God, the parents that God gave you can continue to give you wisdom, can, can continue to give you instruction, continue to be a great encouragement to you, and you should honor them with that because that is such a great truth. He said, and then he goes on to verse 23. It's how important it is. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. He said, this is what you want to get in life. If you can gain and obtain anything, and buy anything, make it to be truth, make it to be wisdom. Let it be those things. Verse, uh, I'm going to go down to one last one in verse number 26. He says, my son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. Can I tell you there is a twofold imperative here, shall I say, that I, I think honestly is sobering on both sides. Number one, my son, observe me. Please don't just sit back and say, well, you're older, you're this. Understand that there's some great things you can learn by the example of older people, of those with experience, and I encourage you to watch. But can I tell you the second imperative that I, to me, as a father, as a pastor, uh, really hits my heart? If I'm going to encourage people to observe my ways, and boy, should I not I do my best to exemplify Jesus? Now, here's the problem with that phrase. No, no, not a problem. The concern that we human minds run with. I'll never be good enough. Jesus is perfect. I'm not. I'm a sinner. I can't be perfect. So therefore, can I encourage you? That's not what I'm talking about. Because in the areas where I'm not perfect and I can never be like Jesus, there are Jesus' teachings that help me. So I mess up as a father. What do I do? I get it right and I acknowledge my fault. I have a conflict with somebody, I go to them and I get it right. I have a command as how I should be as a husband. And so if I'm not doing it, I get it right and I, I, I deal with that. I teach my children how, you know what I do when I'm willing to acknowledge wrong and get it right? I teach my children it's a good thing to do, which prepares their heart to be ready to do that same thing to God. And that's what I want. I want. So when we sit back and say, well, the moment I admit I'm wrong, they have something over me. No, they don't. 
they build in respect to you and you establish in their heart the reminder of the importance of repentance and, and honesty because by the way, especially if you got teens in your home, they already know. They already know. Our younger elementary kids, you know, they, they, they're oblivious to a lot of things. And you get into the teen worlds and they're exposed to all the things of the world. And they really don't know how to handle it yet. And they look to their parents. And then, then they find the great strengths of their parents and they find the weaknesses of their parents. Can I encourage it? Understand that, which means be honest about it. So let them see a transparent walk with God. You know, love God unashamedly. Worship God unashamedly. Serve God passionately. And follow his principles to the best of your ability. Let the next generation see. Can you imagine if the next generation looks up and they see something not perfect, but desiring to do right and follows the principles and when they're having good days and bad days, you're teaching by your example what the next generation needs to see. And he, so he tells the gentleman, listen, be careful. Guard your heart. Go the right way. Be careful who you hang out with. And there's certain things to stay away from. Hearken unto those who God has given you as parents because they are great, great wisdom to you and they can teach you so much. Hold on to that truth and do not get rid of it for anything. And then look to your parents and let them observe. And then as, and as anybody, anybody in leadership, spiritual leadership, parental leadership, grandparental leadership, may that be so of our desire to give an example that's not pretentious perfection, but real and honest before God, letting them know and letting them see what it means to walk with God in all different aspects of that. I tell you, thank you for coming back and joining us on this Monday as we begin this week and we get back into the Word of God and back into Proverbs. Um, I thank you again for joining us. We hope you had a great weekend. And as you move on, post-Thanksgiving, which means you're contemplating dieting or fasting, whatever necessary to make the clothes fit better, or how to do Black Friday days when really there's so many limitations, where can I get a good deal? All these things coming. I hope in these next few weeks as we celebrate Christmas and all that it means to us as Christians, may we continue to keep our hearts and minds focused upon Jesus. Let me remind you in Christmas, uh, starting Sunday, we're going to have a four-part series we've entitled Fear Less. Four lessons we can learn from the Christmas story. And the first one's going to be fear of the unknown. This Sunday, fear of the unknown, how to handle when announcements come into your life and you don't know. The whole premise of the series is how to find God's will in, 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 in uncontrollable circumstances. And so we're going to start that Sunday. I hope you invite friends. If you can't make it here on Sunday, uh, watch us online. I truly believe these will be encouragement. It's not only we, we, we look at the Christmas story every day. We'll have some practical truth that can help us through the actual events taking place right now. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.